Welcome to episode 23 of Jawing About the G-Men. I am Joe McGuire along with Sean Scanlon. Patrick Mahomes in 2018, Lamar Jackson in 2019. Could Daniel Jones be the guy in 2020? It seems to be the era of the second-year quarterback. The last two league MVPs, Kansas City's Mahomes and Baltimore's Lamar Jackson, won the award in their sophomore campaigns. Mahomes was a 10th-round pick in 2017. Set out a year before the breakout of 2018. Lamar Jackson was the final pick in the first round of 2018. He did uh, he did play the final seven games of his rookie year uh, and then dominated the league this past season. Daniel Jones, the sixth overall pick in 2019. Sean, what are the chances of this being the Daniel Jones breakout year? I think there's a, a pretty good chance. Obviously, I think that he will have a breakout year. Um, I think there's, there's a chance that he could be up in a MVP conversation. I don't think it would be to the stature of – you know, Patrick Mahomes, 50 touchdown season, or to Lamar, you know, breaking the record for uh, rushing yards by a QB. I don't think it would be anything uh, to that level. But I really do think that he is going to have a breakout year. Um, you know, completing the ball 61% or 62% last year, throwing for 3,000 yards, and having a 24 to 12 uh, touchdown interception ratio. That's that's pretty damn good for your first year in the league. Um, and I think he's just going to build on that going forward. You know, uh, the really the big thing going forward is just uh, if he can work on uh, protecting the ball. Obviously, the fumbles last year weren't great. I think he lost 11 or 12 of them. So he, he definitely needs to work on, uh, you know, the ball security, definitely in the pocket. But I, I think it, he's got a, a great chance to break out this year. I think he, you know, he, he's shown the ability that he can, you know, throw a lot of touchdowns. Uh, he can produce a lot of touchdowns. And he doesn't uh, turn the ball over, at least through the air a lot. So... With all the weapons uh, coming back, you know, Evan Ingram, hopefully healthy. Uh, he, Darius Slayton building on uh, what they worked on last year. So I, I think that he, he does have a great chance to, you know, maybe be in MVP conversations. And uh, I, I think he's going to have a great second year. So if he does have a breakout and he is in the, the conversation for MVP, then I would assume you think the Giants are going to be better than 6-10. and 10. I think well, yeah, a lot better than uh, four and twelve. That's that's for sure. But uh, you know, the last couple of years, obviously, you know, having this terrible record, but we we were in a tough spot with all the dead cap money uh, that we're eating on top of you know Eli's contract, paying him twenty three million to be the court, uh, backup quarterback sitting on the bench. I just think we have a lot more resources this year to go out in free agency. Uh, we have another high draft pick, so I I think there I don't think there's any chance that we could be as bad as we were the past couple of years. So I, I say 6-10 and 10 because in my mind, I, I feel like, you know, obviously they were 4-12 and 12 last year. I'm thinking there's got to be an improvement year over year, or he, he's not even mm. in the conversation of anything, and it might yeah. not even be a breakout year in that case. If it's a breakout year and he's in the MVP conversation, my, my thought then is you're talking about a 9 or 10 or 11 win team. Do you, do I, you believe that in your heart? that that's a possibility or are you, are you more saying he can play well like he did this past season improve on the numbers might not have a, a a big enough impact on the final score what are you telling me what are you how how are you feeling Sean I'm going to I'm going to press you on this <laughs> I don't yeah I don't really see the the double digits wins being a thing next year and I think uh you know bringing the new coach in I think it's going to be a process you know 
with all the young uh, talent that we have in this team, it's it's going to be about developing them going forward. I, so I don't see double digits wins uh, next year. I see probably around eight and eight, nine and seven. I think we'll you know hang around 500. Actually have a chance to you know be in playoff talks you know late into December, not being uh, mathematically eliminated. Um, Are you by hanging November. that all on the defense? Uh, most of it goes on the defense because I I think that's... if they had a good defense. I think if you look at, 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 at the offensive weapons and we're talking about Daniel Jones maybe with a breakout, the only way this team's not going to be much improved is if you get more of the same from that defense. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I expect a lot more out of the defense this year. You can't expect much less, you know. Um, we have a very young secondary that, you know, hopefully going into the second year, they'll they'll show a lot of signs of improvement. I think that DeAndre Baker will have a, a huge breakout year. And then obviously, you know, whoever we draft in uh, this draft with the fourth pick, I think hopefully it'll be Isaiah Simmons. That's who I've been uh, kind of banking on the past couple of weeks because we, we just need a playmaker on that defense. And then if we could find a way to, you know, re-sign Marcus Golden and Leonard Williams, you know, pair him with a edge rusher. There's a lot of good edge rushers in the free agency coming up. So it's it's the defense that's going to have to turn this thing around because the offense has shown, you know, there's a, a lot of signs of optimism, obviously, with Daniel Jones going forward. Um, all the receivers that we have, you know, Golden Tate did uh, very good in his first year. Sterling Shepard, uh, without the concussions, he's always produced in his career here. Uh, Darius Lee, and obviously had the great year, and then obviously – you know, we have the best best running back in the league. So I think that there's a a lot of signs of optimism for this offense going forward. I think that they should be very good. But I, I do believe that if, if we're going to want to, you know, get back to that playoff talk, get back to, you know, above 500, it, it's going to lie heavy on the defense for sure. Well, if it does rely on the defense, there's, there's a good chance that either Isaiah Simmons or perhaps Jeff Okuda from Ohio State will be the guy – uh, helping to impact that defense with the with the fourth pick, assuming that the Giants hang on to that pick and don't move it, and we haven't heard anything yet that would make us think otherwise. Uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. picks uh, Isaiah Simmons as the obvious choice there for the Giants. Uh, he says an off-ball linebacker in the top five, believe it, Simmons is that good. He's a perfect run-and-cover linebacker for today's NFL, and he can do anything and play every down. Look at his incredible stat line from 2019. 104 tackles, 8 sacks, 3 picks, 16 total tackles for loss. The Giants have many needs. Simmons is the type of defender who makes everyone around him better. That's what I'm talking about. And, and you know, you remember I was upset about the uh, losing the Chase Young sweepstakes. Mm-hmm. Because, again, like I said, I, I need an impact guy. I need a guy who, when he is out there, everybody on the field knows where he is, and he's making everybody better because the other team is so consumed with stopping him. Again, look at Joey Bosa. Look at the impact of of, of a guy like Lawrence Taylor on a bad defense one year has that kind of impact. If uh, if Isaiah Simmons is that kind of guy, and it's been a long time since the Giants had somebody strong, uh, you know, and, and, and I think a run and cover linebacker, now on this defense severely lacking one in a league that where you really need one mm-hmm. if he's available I think he's got to be the he's got to be the pick I, I would agree with you 100% you know Giants haven't had a all pro linebacker since Antonio Pierce you know over a decade ago haven't drafted a linebacker in the first round since Carl Banks and back in 1984 so we're talking you know 30 plus years ago so 
to bring that impact player in will you know it, it's key for this defense and I I really think that he he will have a huge impact you know you mentioned it he does it in coverage um, he does it in the run game you know you can line him up uh, in the safety you can line him up in the slot you can line him up uh, inside linebacker he's really just a you know a, a dual threat and what he brings to this defense you know he's he's a great coverage guy so uh, you know third and long situations he can come and cover your best tight end or running back out of the backfield you know he could provide some uh pass rush as well he had you know eight eight sacks this year when you know he wasn't even really playing up uh near the line scrimmage a lot he was more in coverage but I think he just he he does so much and uh there's there's a lot to be you know happy about with him if if the Giants do go ahead and draft him and then uh you know with Patrick Graham's defense he he mentioned uh in his you know opening interview that he likes this defense to be multiple so it if you want uh defense that you know can interchange a lot this uh Isaiah Simmons would really be the the perfect guy to uh go ahead and draft so I just saw this mock draft and I like this one a lot it 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 uh, certainly features Isaiah Simmons as the first round pick uh, with the 36th selection, so the the uh, sixth pick of the second round, um, Giants uh, Austin Jackson tackle from USC. Obviously, another one of those uh, positions the Giants certainly need to get filled. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that one certainly has uh, some real potential. Uh, Terrell Lewis, the edge rusher out of Alabama, uh, an, another. Uh, Another potential pick in that slot. Uh, with the 70th pick, Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackle from Georgia. You're going to see a lot of – I think I think lineman is definitely going to be something uh, the Giants have to look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the 107th pick, a Mick Robertson, cornerback from Louisiana Tech. I like that. Um, with the 183rd pick, uh, Benjamin Victor, wide receiver, Ohio State. I don't know if I need to see the Giants waste any picks on wide receiver. I feel like they're yeah. pretty square there at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there there seems to be a fascination with a lot of these draft guys to link the Giants to a wide receiver. Golden yeah. Tate's not going anywhere. Yeah, I would hope not. I'd... But um, yeah, he I'd... looks locked in at this point to to yeah. go along with Shepard and Slayton and 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 with with uh, um, Evan Ingram. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's enough depth uh, at the receiver position that I, you know, we saw some of those guys too when 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 injuries uh, created opportunity. Uh, um, yeah, Cody Latimer, Benny Fowler, some of those guys. Those that, guys can play ball. I don't. Yeah. I don't know that you need. I don't know that you need anybody else. Yeah. Uh, with the two hundred eighteenth pick, Nigel Warrior, safety out of Tennessee. I like that pick. Uh, here's a cool one. Uh, the two hundred thirty ninth pick, JJ Taylor. This is the Eli Apple pick the Giants got from New Orleans. JJ Taylor, running back out of Arizona. Um, I think you do need you do need somebody you could pair off with Saquon. Uh, Wayne Goldman Jr. is just god awful. I don't. Well, I mean, I, I don't. He's think... awful. He's not a good player. Do you agree with me? <laughs> Wayne Goldman Jr. If if the yeah. Giants were to put him on waivers tomorrow, I don't think he has a job in the league. I well, I don't think that's not a true. starting job. No, definitely not a Maybe starting job. Maybe he gets into a rotation as a as a two or three guy. Yeah, I I yeah I I think he would get picked up uh, definitely as a two or three guy. No. By no means, I think he would be a starter in this league. But you know, we saw at the end of the season, um, 
he was he he didn't even dress for the last couple of games. Pat Shermer, you know, once they signed Buck Allen, the you know veteran uh, third down back, they played him the last couple of games, and you know Wayne Gallman was a healthy scratch. So obviously, it's a new coaching staff. We'll you know Pat Shermer's not there anymore, so we'll see what Joe Judge thinks of him. You know, going forward, he's still on his rookie contract, so he's still pretty fairly cheap, but. I don't. It, it is a good question because you know he was a healthy scratch at the end of last year, and you know there's nothing wrong with him, but he didn't see the field. So obviously, he's had a couple fumbling issues when he has gotten time over the past couple of years. So we'll we'll see what uh his role is moving forward. But it's we're definitely gonna need a, a change of pace back for Saquon. You know, especially since you know we we don't want to after that ankle injury this year we don't want to you know press him into. Uh, a bad situation obviously we want to give him the touches because that's how we're going to succeed in the offense but you also you know you want to keep it safe uh yeah obviously a hundred percent on that um let's talk now about this coaching staff this coaching staff really is coming together uh everybody knows my initial feeling on joe judge i think like a lot of people's was the hell is joe judge (laughs) um we, we, we've learned a lot more about him, his background, uh, the people he knows, the people around him, and he's done well. He's brought together nine coaches who arrived from other NFL teams, five who spent the 2019 season coaching in college, six who were with the Giants last year. Uh, the list includes former head coaches at every level, which I love. I, I, I think that's so important. Offensive coordinator Jason Garrett, tight ends coach Freddie Kitchen have obviously both been head head coaches in the NFL. Senior offensive assistant Derek Dooley, uh, outside linebackers coach, senior assistant Brett Bialema have also guided major college programs. Quarterbacks coach Jerry Shaplinski served as the head coach at Trinity High School in Ohio, and 10 years later he was in the quarterback's room with Tom Brady. These, these guys have been around winners. These guys have been around champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judge says head coach was not a, a prerequisite to get a job on his staff, but it just ended up being a huge plus for a lot of these guys. Um, your thoughts? You, you wrote an article, by the way, which you could read at clevercrestmedia.com backslash uh, John about the G-Men. You, you wrote mm-hmm. uh, an article about this, this coaching staff. I thought it was a really good breakdown. What do you like? about this coaching staff the most or is there anybody on the coaching staff specifically where you're like yeah I like this one um well first uh, I, I like the mix of you know you mentioned that there's guys from the college ranks there's guys from the NFL coaching ranks you know I, I like the mix of it because with the NFL uh coaches that are coming in who have previous experience obviously Freddie Kitchens and Jason Garrett you know we're head coaches in this league they they give a guy for Joe Judge to to lean on. Obviously, he's going into his first head coaching job uh, at any level, uh, let alone the NFL. So you know he's he's gonna get that you know um, experience from them. He he's gonna learn on the fly with them. You know it, I think that's huge for them. And then obviously with the college rank guys, um, I think that's huge because the Giants have a very young roster. You know a lot of guys in their uh, early twenties. So I think that the college coaches that were just working with the guys that were pretty much similar to their age. I think that's good uh, for the young guys on the roster. They know how to work with young guys on the team. So I think it's, it's a very good mix. And then um, the one guy that, you know, I, I, I thought was a very good hire was Jason Garrett. Um, 
you know, obviously it, we all make fun of him, you know, being Giants fans, you know, as a as the head Cowboys head coach, he he didn't do a great job. Obviously, he's known for his little smile and clap on the the sidelines, you know, he he looks like a character out there. But I think when he was an offensive coordinator before, you know, with the Cowboys, he did a lot of great things. Um I wrote it in the article you mentioned, but the years that he was the offensive play caller, um four out of those six years they finished as a top 10 offense you know so I think with the um with the weapons that he's given with uh, all the great receivers that we mentioned uh, the tight ends with Ingram if he could stay healthy and then Caden Smith who showed a lot at the end of the year I think uh, with what he's working with I think that you know he could produce a lot with this offense I think they're pretty much the only thing that they need left is a couple offensive tackles you know we mentioned that that might be an option in the draft uh coming forward if they don't go to the defensive side but I think that you know Jason Garrett moving forward with this offense is I think it's going to be a really good offense I think that they have a good chance to you know uh, fall in the top 10 so I think that was my favorite hire when it comes to free agency who do you see where are we about a month away from free agency mm-hmm. yep. who do you I mean so we talk about Leonard Williams and I, I, I know Leonard Williams wants a ton of money he was yeah, close to like fifteen million. And a I year. think the Giants are probably going to do it because of the draft picks uh, that they gave to the Jets in in that trade. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a problem with it. I'm one of those people who who's able to look beyond the stat book. And I think you feel the same way, Sean. That that his his impact wasn't in, in obviously you know the sacks that we were hoping the sacks and the and the you didn't really see it, the great numbers, but he's a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. In the middle there, uh, do you think he's worth the money? Do you want to see the Giants bring him back? Because I do. I I agree with you. I do want to see him uh, brought back. And everyone always brings up the sack numbers. You know, he only had one uh, ever since he came to the Giants. So I, but he's in the middle of that defense. You know, defensive tackles, uh, interior D linemen. They're not really you know supposed to be the ones that are supposed to be getting all the pressure. Obviously, uh, we've been spoiled with Aaron Donald the past couple of years. He's you know, with the 20-sack uh, season that he produced, everyone now expects, oh, like your defensive tackle should go out and get, you know, 10 to 15 sacks. But that's there, it's still in a league where, you know, most of the sack production comes from your edge rushers and your uh, outside linebackers. And he's also, you know, he's very good in the run game. You know, pairing him with Dexter Lawrence and Dalvin Tomlinson uh, in the middle of that defense, the run defense vastly improved uh, the games that Leonard Williams was here with the Giants. So I think he'll be a big piece, you know, moving forward. He's still only 25 years old. You know, it it seems like he's been in the league for a while now. Yeah, and he has been. And he, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He has been. But it, he's still, when you look at his age, he's only 25 years old. I think that it's important to bring him back because he does a lot. And then, obviously, you know, we mentioned that he didn't put up the sack numbers, but he, he had a lot of uh, QB hurries and pressures, which most some people don't like that stat, but I, I think it is a, a quality stat because, you know, uh, some of the quarterbacks, they, they get under duress and, you know, they try to force the ball maybe into an interception and, or they throw the ball out of bounds. So I, I think it is a, a useful stat. It's a hugely, hugely important stat. And, and consider, and this would be my argument to anybody, Tom Brady under pressure – Versus Tom Brady, not under pressure. Tom Brady, not under pressure, is like a flawless quarterback. Tom Brady, with pressure, things can get dicey. Yeah, and and you can imagine if it applies to Tom Brady, that applies to everybody. So having I, I and I and I think not having great edge rushers, although Marcus Golden certainly certainly 
earned his keep as the season went on for the Giants and, mm-hmm. and ended up having a really good year. Another guy I'd like to see back, I think you would as well. Marcus oh, uh, Gold. Oh, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah, I thought you were uh, going to say someone else. But, yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely think that, you know, we should bring him back. He was on a one-year prove-it deal this year. It was just a one-year, uh, I think, $3 million contract. So he's definitely going to get a, a pay raise this Didn't year. Didn't blow but... me away out of the gate. But consistently, no. week in and week out, he was the guy that was actually bringing some pressure. And I can't help but wonder, Sean, if there was somebody on the other side also being impactful what that might do for a guy like Leonard Williams in the middle. Yeah, that's. I think that's why uh, this free agent market coming up with you know so many good good names uh, at the edge rush position. We got guys like Yannick Ngakwe, uh, Jadavian Clowney, Shaq Barrett, uh, Bud Dupree, who all have shown that you know they can get after the quarterback and they get after the quarterback a lot. So if we can pair some, if we could re-sign Marcus Golden and then pair him with someone else on the edge. That's uh, it's just gonna free up Marcus Golden more. It's gonna free up the guys in the middle more. You know, Dexter Lawrence uh, showed a little bit of push this season uh, getting after the quarterback. Leonard Williams, this, if he has another guy where he's you know one on one, he doesn't uh, get the double team all the time. He's gonna get to the quarterback a lot more. So I think if we could re-sign Marcus Golden and then pair somebody with him because we have the money to do it. Right. Which you know with. Maybe, you know, we look for a veteran corner um, to pair along with the young guys and then maybe an offensive tackle if we don't go that route in the draft. But other than that, I think edge rusher is the, the number one spot that we need to spend in free agency. And I, I think that we should re-sign Marcus Golden and then obviously pair him with uh, one of these great pass rushers. Would you agree with the amount of draft picks and the fact that they're pretty good picks because of the terrible record and the amount of money that these guys have in free agency that they could literally cover – every single area that they're currently lacking and there's enough money in draft picks where again I'm not saying that I'm not saying that everyone's going to pan out you may draft somebody and they may not be what you thought they were going to be you may sign a free agent they may may not pan out mm-hmm. on paper though on paper the giants have the have the they have the resources to address every issue on this team going in the next season again that doesn't mean anything it, and, and and I'm just – not every team's in a position where they've got a ton of draft picks, they've got high draft picks, and a ton of salary cap money to spend. It's mm-hmm. a great spot to be in if you're trying to turn a team around quick. You've had a couple of – I would call this past season more of a transition year. I guess that's part of the bill. Yeah. The year before that was a disaster and a waste. Mm-hmm. I think there's probably one season I, – I, I kind of agree with you. I see the Giants falling somewhere between 6 and 10 – and a nine and seven going going uh, in the next season if if they address all the issues and a best case scenario unfolds where not only does Daniel Jones have a breakout season Saquon's healthy he he's the bomb mm-hmm. this defense plays well maybe Isaiah Thomas is on that defense maybe they pick up a couple of those or one of those edge rushers the veteran cornerback this team yeah. could get good in a hurry. I wouldn't go betting the farm on the Super Bowl for next season. <laughs> yeah, that's. That but I be a think stretch. two and three years from now, I think you do have all the makings of a high-powered offense, and you already have the beginnings of a solid defense. We know the special teams have always been pretty solid for the G-men. Mm-hmm. Can this team turn it around? Not next season, but in two years, can this be a legit playoff contender and be competitive? Say for the next four or five seasons. I really think we can. Um, 
one of the big reasons I think that is because, you know, Daniel Jones just finished his rookie season. He's going to be on, on his rookie contract um, up until, you know, his fifth year. So we have four or five years where we're going to have a lot of um, – definitely not as much as this year, but we're, we're still going to have a lot of money to spend in free agency because, you know, it, the idea to, you know, try and win with uh, your quarterback on a rookie contract, it really works out because you could, uh, you know, spend your – spend your money on a lot of other areas um you know we've seen it with Russell Wilson winning one his uh second year in the league I believe you know Patrick Mahomes this year uh Jared Goff last year even though they didn't win it you know they still had a successful season so I think winning with your your quarterback on a rookie contract it could uh you know really uh set up a lot of other places uh especially on the defense you know this year going forward and there's a lot of good names this year you know with the the cornerback position the edge rusher position um obviously we, we need to fix the inside linebacker but and then there's a lot of there's a lot of cuts we can make uh this season you know that we can get some extra cap money going forward you know I think Alec Ogletree I think he's got to go Antoine Bethay I think has to go um there's a couple other Kareem Martin who got signed two years ago bye yes yeah, yeah see you later Red Ellison obviously with uh Caden Smith coming forward you know we I think he's got to go so I, I think we, we really do have a good shot you know to be uh you know, playoff contenders uh, moving forward. I think that we have the resources to do it. You know, we we have a pretty decently young roster. Um, the guys on the defense that are younger, they're only going to get better. And then on the offense side of the ball, you know, Darius Slayton's going to get a lot better. Saquon Barkley, he kind of had a down year this year with the injury, but you know, we we saw what he did his rookie year. We know what he's capable of. So I I really am optimistic about uh, this Giants team moving forward. I think it will be a process, like you know, like you said. I think it's you know get to that. Uh, above 500 season first and then worry about, you know, uh, being a playoff contender moving forward. But I, I really think that, you know, moving forward that there, there's a good shot. You can check us out at Joing about the G-Men. We're on Facebook. We are on Twitter, clovercrestmedia.com backslash uh, Joing about the G-Men. Make sure you check us out. Make sure you subscribe. Mm-hmm. Um, as we start to wind this one down, uh, again, you can tweet at us, uh uh, joying at or joying about G-Men. Joying about G-Men. Yes, sir. Take the the out because otherwise it'd be too long. <laughs> uh, that all said, I watched a video this morning uh, on Twitter, incidentally. I was having a little fun this morning doing some tweeting. Yep. Um, I saw a video of Eli Manning from when he was uh, at, at Mississippi State taking an absolute beating, I believe it was in, in his last bowl game, his senior year, and they were talking about what a tough guy he is and what a competitor mm-hmm. he is. And and I, you know, we, we did the, the you know, goodbye Eli episode a couple episodes ago. I, I here's, I, I, I just, and I, and I want you to weigh in on this as well, 31 quarterbacks started in the NFC East during the 16 seasons where Eli was the starter for the New York Giants. That's four other teams. Yeah. 31 different guys for four other teams. Mm-hmm. You could it's- say what you want about Eli, man. He didn't, he didn't make the, the playoffs enough. Not enough all pros, pro bowls, MVPs, or whatever. 31 quarterbacks started against him within his own division. In his 16 seasons, think about that. It's it's crazy to think about, honestly. You know, a lot of people, you know, say that oh he 
the only reason he's top 10 in passing yards and pass touchdowns is because, you know, he hung around and he was a his stat compiler. But you don't just hang around uh, in this league just for, you know, just for not doing anything. Obviously, no, you, you don't. You, you have to have a resume. You have to, you know, be proven that you're a good quarterback in this league. It's you don't you don't hang around in the league for 16 years being the starting quarterback, you know, every game just because, you know, the Giants have respect for you. It's it's not because of that. And then, you know, what you what was the number? 30, 31 different 30. quarterbacks <laughs> started a, for yeah. the Skins, the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the, the Redskins. And the Redskins, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, um, I yeah. forget about them sometimes. Uh, it, they're, they're pretty that's, easy to forget about. That's a that's a staggery number. And I'll tell you another thing. Compilers don't, don't win championships. Yeah, They exactly. certainly don't win two of them, and they certainly aren't the MVP in both games. Yeah. Again, you want to make the Justin Tuck argument. The fact of the matter is he didn't win it. Yeah. They I'd... gave it to Eli. They gave it to Eli for a reason. Yeah, because he, he he drove him down the field to, you know, win both of those both yes. of those games. And he had to win the game himself. That's why he won the MVP. Yeah. And that's I I'm still like at... And legendary, by the way, in the fourth quarter. I mean, he was always <sighs> at his best. Especially yeah. in any season, in any game, fourth mm-hmm. quarter, Eli Manning knew how to take his team down the field and score. Whether the defense could hold them in the last 30 seconds, and we saw them blow some games like that, not yeah. Eli's fault. Yeah, for sure. And uh, in 2011, the year that the, they won the second Super Bowl, he still holds the record for most uh, fourth-quarter touchdown passes in a single season with 15. If you think about that, I mean, if if you go 15 touchdown passes for a quarter, uh, if you do that for every quarter, that that's 60 touchdown passes if you put that you know on a – on an average basis, but just to think about that, you know, having 15 touchdown passes just in one quarter for the season is, is ridiculous. You know, he was great uh, in that 2011 season. I think that either that or the 2015 season were, were two of his best seasons that he had as a Giant. And I, I'm just still, I, I don't know, there's no words that I could say, you know, that 31 quarterbacks were, you know, in, in the NFC East while he was here. It's just... The ultimate Iron Man. Um, obviously, Brett Favre has the record, but I mean, Eli, just the, the some of the old lines he had to work behind too, especially in the the latter part of his career, were just ridiculous. But he, the ultimate tough guy. The the game that I think about the most is uh, you know the 49ers game, the NFC Championship in 2011, where he just took a beating, a pounding the whole game, going against the, you know that stifling Niners defense, and he would just get back up and you know make the next play. So uh, yeah, it's. It, what a such a great career that you know a lot of people will, will undermine, but you know Giants fans know exactly what he meant to us. If you don't think Eli is a Hall of Famer, <clears throat> you clearly aren't a Giants fan, and you clearly didn't watch enough games where Eli Manning was at his best. Plain and simple. Yeah. And and I am not uh, I'm not a pro who's just you know, I'm not a homer. That, that's that I, I I mean if Eli if I thought Eli was just a good quarterback and not great I'd be the first person to say that Sean mm-hmm. uh I everything I saw um from the time he was drafted till the time he retired Hall of Fame guy in my opinion easily yeah I, I agree 100 percent he might have had some you know regular seasons that were a little pedestrian maybe weren't the best but you know when the lights were on when it when it mattered the most he he went out and uh he produced for it, you know. He had a, he has a eight and four, you know, playoff record. In 2011, he probably has the best playoff run by a QB of all time. So, Easily, yes. Yeah, you know, and at nine nine touchdowns to one interception, thrown for the most passing yards in any postseason by a QB. Um, 
you know, when you could argue all you want about some of his regular seasons, but you know, when it mattered most, when when you needed to uh, win that championship, he he was always there for you. Damn straight. Hell yeah. All right. Well, I felt like I had to get that in. How you feel better getting them off your chest? I, I always love talking oh, about Eli. Man. All, all the, day, every day. Hell yeah. All the all them haters, get out of here. Get out of town. All right, well, that is going to do it for episode 32 of Join. Nope. 23. 23. That's going to do it for episode 23 <laughs> of Join About the G Men. For Sean Scanlon, I'm Joe McGuire. We'll catch you next time. Uh-huh.